welcome back to the show. We're keeping it real. Go, it goes wrong today this week. <laughs> welcome back to Real Take Wrestle Talk live here on YouTube. Got a lot today. Charlotte Flair. Uh, well, she's in a lot of trouble. <laughs> Got Daniel Bryan apparently being shot on backstage by WWE, figuratively shot on, not literally shot on. Um, uh, we also got news from AEW and Eric Bischoff and that whole rivalry that's going on right now. Uh, results from Impact Wrestling Brown for Glory, Christian Cage making history this week, and our favorite Halloween Havoc moments. Uh, before we do though, guys, be sure to hit that like button, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. I see we already had some comments in the chat. So let's talk to, about them. Since he says, uh, I'm going to read all of the comments here right now in a Borat uh, noise or Borat voice. Uh, since he asks, uh, I think why they dropped uh, Halloween Havoc uh, down to NXT TBH. What is this TBH? <laughs> is uh, uh, to be honest, to oh. be happy. Can't say the other one. <laughs> <laughs> okay um uh um yeah i mean they they did this before though right like like nxt's always had a uh, halloween havoc right like since they brought it back yeah yeah for a while i mean yeah they've i, I don't i don't say they've ruined it but they've yeah it's not the same you know what i mean i mean like we'll talk about it in a second what i hate about it is they brought up they brought in a pumpkin for the entrance right and it wasn't even the right pumpkin like no. like i want the ghost face pumpkin like like you know what i'm you know what i'm saying like the one from wcw that exactly. was hard that stuff went hard i loved it i don't know what this is uh, nothing nothing not good um <laughs> uh but since he also says the four-man ladder match uh, last night uh, was pretty good although wish finn balor could have won uh buddy he's not winning shit <laughs> finn is not no, winning anything not winning right goddamn, now man. he's not winning anything right now uh big fans of sports entertainment Oh, well, we want sports entertainment. Yo. Nice. He is very is much uh, hippity hop. Yo. Um, since he yeah. had, says, oh, Lord, y'all dressed up. Yeah. Goddamn right. Yeah. Because we committed many, to the craft. We, many <laughs> times. We committed. Um, CC says, Luigi. Oh, hard to much. Oh, CC. What do we want? What we want? Nice. <laughs> um, big, sports, big sports fan this is mr mcmahon running not remember uh, nxt remember yes this is vince mcmahon running nxt but we'll get to that and much much more guys um we'll and we'll get back to borat and luigi in uh, just a second um well we want very nice uh uh <laughs> trevor let's, let's try to get some semblance of order in this show guys order? If you ah! <laughs> guys if you haven't already please hit that like button subscribe and hit that notification bell so you get notified whenever one of our daily videos drops and also when one of our streams drop tomorrow night we got a wonderful show planned for you We're gonna have hmo podcast here on the channel discussing all the latest happenings in the wonderful wide world of sports including the nba and the nfl so be sure be sure to subscribe and all of that jazz. But Trevor, let's kick things off this week by talking about some good news that, that I think we'll all like. WWE released their pay-per-view schedule for this upcoming year, and it we've got some, some interesting notes from here. So 
let's take a look at it. There you can see it right there. WWE released their pay-per-view schedule for this upcoming year. And as you can see, they're going to be running uh, day one, their pay-per-view on January 1st from the State Farm Arena in Atlanta. We also have January 29th, the Royal Rumble from the Dome in St. Louis. Also have WrestleMania, which is confirmed now to be two, count it, two nights live from the AT&T Stadium in Dallas. And then we got some revelations of what's going to happen after that. Sunday, May 8th, we got the Dunkin' Donuts Center in Providence, Rhode Island. We have June 5th, the Allstate Arena in Chicago is going to be hosting a pay-per-view. And then, interesting right here, July 2nd. The Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, which is the Raiders Stadium, will be hosting Money in the Bank. So Money in the Bank will be a a big stadium show. Then after that, SummerSlam is going to be from Nissan Stadium, which is where the Titans play. So that's going to be a stadium show. And then we have the Saturday, uh, September 3rd weekend show that has not been determined yet. We'll talk about what that could be in a second. And finally, November 26th, Survivor Series from the TD Garden in Boston, lot to think about here, a lot to take in here. Mostly the sheer amount of stadium shows that WWE is going to be running in 2022. I talked about it. They're definitely going to have two over the summer, potentially three. Um, we'll talk about the rumors of that third one in a second. But Trevor, what really stands out to you about the, the revelations from this pay-per-view schedule that WWE released? It kind of reminds me of uh, old school WWE, old school wrestling anyway. I think I mentioned once before when I was, well, I remember when I was younger, um, Royal Rumble would come on on Saturday. Um, and they would show part of it on uh, on NBC. And like, so it kind of reminds me of that that schedule back then. And I think it makes sense. I mean, maybe try something up, try something different, you know, see how it works. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, I think moving to Saturdays is something WWE should have done a while ago because yeah, I mean, it, like like yeah, it's tradition or whatever to have Sunday pay per views. But really, look at what that does. I mean, it, it's it, it's inconvenient for almost everyone involved. Like it's inconvenient for the fans because we got to stay up late on a Sunday, knowing we have to go to work the next day. You know that. So if the pay per view goes long, a lot of times fans will either you know not finish it or. You know, be tired the next day, which doesn't really incentivize you to want to watch the pay-per-views after that, right? Um, so so there's that. There's the fatigue that goes along with it. Having it on Saturday, you don't have to worry about it. Most people, a lot of people, at least in this country, don't work on Sundays. Um, it also helps out the international crowd because instead of wa having to watch, if you're like in, in Europe or whatever, having to watch, you know, at like... Uh, at like, you know, three o'clock in the morning on a Monday morning, basically, you're going to be watching on a Sunday or like a Sunday morning, which, you know, you can you can fix your own time schedule on that. That's more that's better for, I think, everyone involved. It's better for the talent, too, because instead of working on the next day after a big pay-per-view, they get a day to rest. They get the crew gets a day to rest. I just think it works out for everybody. That's probably one of the biggest takeaways for me, having it on Saturday. Uh, I think they should do, they definitely should do this from now on. I think it works. I definitely do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the other note from this, Trevor, I, I said, I said it before we got the dome for the Royal Rumble in St. Louis. We have, right. You know, Allegiant Stadium for Money in the Bank, which I guess is now one of the big 
four big five pay-per-views that they're running now. And now and then we also have SummerSlam at Nissan Stadium and then the potential for that September 3rd uh, pay-per-view to be another stadium show. That's a possibility of having four stadium shows. Yeah. Sorry, five stadium shows in the year. Three That's in the span big. of three months. Trevor, what is what is how crazy is that? That's big. That's that's really big, especially for you know for uh, for wrestling nowadays. I mean, I guess. I mean, right now they need to do whatever they can to you know to stay within the in the fight of the ratings and the ticket sales. So I, it makes sense. Makes sense. Three, five big shows, at a in a big outdoor arena, outdoor stadium. Makes sense to me. Absolutely, and and I think that's gonna. We've been waiting kind of for WWE to do more pay-per-view shows in stadiums. We've been waiting for them for this for a long time because yeah. it's been talked about how oh well WWE they could they could outsell like you know a, a lot of big events. They could sell out like you know stadiums for SummerSlam or stadiums for these di- for you know different pay-per-views. Interestingly enough, Money in the Bank is one of the pay-per-views that they're doing that for, and I think that that's kind of like them putting Money in the Bank in that big four category because Survivor Series the what it's become it's got almost no stakes to it. It's all just bragging rights, literally the pay-per-view bragging rights. Um which, you know, it is what it is, but Money in the Bank, it's got the stakes, it's got the feel, anything can happen at it, it and and, I, and it's kind of like a mini, like almost a secondary version of the Royal Rumble, you know, comparatively to SummerSlam, which is like the summer WrestleMania event. Um, so I, I think that th- that's a smart decision on their part because Money in the Bank honestly is one of their better pay-per-views uh, and, and one of their more intriguing pay-per-views that they run every year. So... I think that'll bring up interest. I think that it'll help wrestling also get bigger, which is something that, you know, WWE has uh, not really uh, helped do over the past two years or at least the past year. But um, this is something that I think is actually substantively good for wrestling in general because it's going to create a buzz. It's going to create, um, you know, the, the desire for more stadium shows. And then who knows? Then maybe AEW is forced to do one, too. True, I, I totally agree. I mean, because like I said, they're they're they're, high, they're they're making the stakes higher because, I mean, they need to do something at this point, right? Like, they need the 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 ticket sales aren't selling for certain events. They need to make it something bigger, something more extravagant. So it makes sense to do so. And now it's just gonna like any be any up for AEW for them to do it. So mm. we'll see. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We will see. Uh, guys, if you haven't already, please hit that like button, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you get notified whenever a new video is released. Trevor, I wanted to kind of, you know, just just switch gears but kind of stay with the same topic. Okay. So for those who might not know, WWE releases their pay-per-view schedule, and there's one show on here, the September 3rd show, that is interesting for two huge reasons. One because that's the same weekend that AEW usually runs All Out, which is their yeah. biggest show. And number two, that September 3rd weekend show for WWE is rumored to be a stadium show in the UK. Oh, wow. And it's got a lot of UK fans excited. It's got a lot of European fans excited because the last time we saw a real a real pay-per-view, a real big stadium show in the UK, if we're being honest, forget Rebellion and, and Insurrection and all those pay-per-views, the real big one was SummerSlam 92 when Bulldog yeah. beat Bret Hart for the Intercontinental title. And 
UK fans have been clamoring for it. And and UK fans have loved wrestling and they've supported wrestling. Whenever Impact used to come over, those were used to be TNA's biggest crowds ever because the fans were so starved and hungry for real wrestling. So I think it could have a big impact. What do you think about the potential for a September 3rd show in the UK? I think it's smart. I, th- I think it's smart by WWE. And I think it's big. It's like you said, like you have a lot of uh, UK fans. You have a lot of fans over there that love WWE. Like you said, uh, 92 was, was huge. They, man, they, they, I think they actually got a standard ovation for that match, actually. Mm-hmm. It was, it was big. I mean, even Resurrection and uh, Insurrection, all, all, all of those were good too. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a small Capital idea. Carnage 1998. I yeah, <laughs> I do remember that. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's a good idea for WWE to, to do that. I think it, it, it helps. And it also makes the fans think that you actually give a shit and that you're actually trying to do something bigger and, 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 and kind of get back to your, to your old ways. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Um, and it, it honestly is long overdue uh, because you every time you hear UK fans talk about wrestling, every time you hear them talk about WWE, they're just wondering when there is going to be a number, another SummerSlam 92 show. Everybody in the UK has been, every wrestling fan at least in the UK has been clamoring for another show to that level. And the fans are there. They would sell out, I promise you, they'd sell out in a day. Like, they would be no problem selling tickets. The one thing with WWE that it's always been a little bit of a of a reason why they never went back was because of the times. And now they have the Peacock. They have the network. They're able to just put on a show whenever. They just put on a show in Saudi Arabia at, like, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. You're telling me you can't do a UK show at, like, 5 p.m. or whenever you would do it? Yes, they can do it. They have the means to do it. They have the incentive to do it because it's going to make a lot of money. And it's going to be great for them kind of putting a foothold there before AEW does. Because AEW is also rumored to do a big show in the UK at um, a, in London. So, and Tony Khan's got the connections there to do it. He, he owns, he manages whatever full, uh, Fulham FCs. And they've he's got the stadium, um, you know, stuff handled there. So, he's going to be able to do that as well. And this would, WWE, this would be WWE, I think, kind of being able to one-up them in that way as well. Um, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, we talked about it briefly, but the conflict also with AEW is something we can't just gloss over. Like, I mean, here's the thing. I don't think it would be too much of a conflict, them running a show on the same weekend as All Out. I don't think it would be too much of a conflict if it is a UK show, because you wouldn't be, you, it would be kind of the UK show. Like, not, how many UK fans really going to travel for AEW all the way to Chicago? You have exactly. a lot. You'll have some, but you won't have you know as many that travel to WrestleMania. That's just an abject fact. So I, I don't think it's really cornering the market. I think it would be, it would be an awesome day of wrestling. <laughs> like I'll, I'll say that it would be an awesome day. Um, it depends on the card as well. But but I, I, I it would be interesting, wouldn't it? I mean, the whole the whole thing about it, like you said, would be interesting. But I, again, to piggyback off what you said, I don't believe you would have the you know that many UK fans traveling to see AEW. You have a few, you would, but you don't have, you won't have as many. Like I I've uh, I remember working at um, SummerSlam once, and we had fans from Canada, 
I traveled over here to to watch just to watch wrestling over here for the day. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's not really that far, but still, you know what I mean? It's not as far as the UK, but still. But like, I I don't really think you would have that big of a conflict though. Like, I I think it would be easier to do if you do the UK show and then do AEW. Like. If you ha- if you do a show in the United States, now that's pretty much just a fuck you with Tony Khan at that point. <laughs> it's, it's like they it's like they say, uh, uh, "What are we? What are we we gonna sell out the Soldier Field in Chicago?" <laughs> <laughs> Which honestly, I think a lot of people would be incentivized to go to that because it's closer to Chicago than yeah, than Hoffman yeah. Estates, which is in freaking Schaumburg, like like <laughs> another city. It's like for those wondering if if you have not been to All Out. Be prepared to not have watch a pay-per-view in Chicago. You're going to have to go like an hour away to yeah. another city, all right? And and look, it's not a dig, but it's just like it's still the Chicago-ish area, right? But that's like it would Trevor it be the equivalent of of, you know, it would be the equivalent of marketing an event in DC when it's actually in like, you know, Columbia, Maryland. Well, I've I've been to Chicago before, so I'm kind of familiar with what, what you're talking about. You're right, yeah, you're right. I get, definitely get it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, well, well. Nice. Uh, if you if you think this <laughs> this show very nice, please hit that like button, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you get notified whenever a new video is released. Uh, before we get to our next segment, let's go to the chat real quick where we have some comments. Um, we have CC. Uh, Welcome, Cece. Always good to have you uh, be a part of our streams. We have Cece in the chat uh, giving us a big thumbs up, some uh, encouragement. Very nice. Great success. (laughs) Uh, Big fan of sports entertainment says, if WWE used the War Games gimmick on Survivor Series to uh, make the pay-per-view feel fresh, oh, my God, that's a wonderful idea. That would be great. Yes, dude. Actually, yes, do that. It it's much better than the elimination BS. The 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 SmackDown versus Raw. The 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 the, the brand extension doesn't matter. Nobody takes it seriously. So anyway, so I mean, have war games. Have it build up to these big matches. Yes, yes. Great idea by by uh big fan of sports entertainment. BFSE. BFSE. There we big, go. That's better to say. Big fans. <laughs> um, AEW sells more tickets than WWE. Um, so, I mean, yes, in like some markets, they they are outselling WWE by a lot. Uh, generally, though, I, I think generally they're doing you know, you know, they're doing about the same. Um, if you average it out uh, proportionally. But yeah, it's just I mean it's about the same in the in a lot of the bigger markets like Chicago, like um. Uh, New York, yeah, they are, and that's just an abject fact. Like you know, WWE fans can hate us for it, but that's just the truth. Um, look at the ticket sales for Grand Slam compared to the MSG show. Look at literally, you could track the ticket sales right now for the UBS Arena. Um, that's then which both events are coming up in late November for WWE and uh, early December, right around the same time for AEW. And AEW just opened up 2,000 more seats. They just sold out their first, uh, like, run of, like, their first opening of seats. They have 7,000-plus tickets sold. They have 9,000, you know, total seats right now. WWE, on the other hand, I believe they just got to um, 3,500 or something. So, that's, I mean, in in a lot of the bigger markets, AEW is winning. Yep, absolutely. 
Yep, absolutely. CC says because the quality is better at AEW, of course. I mean, yeah, general. I mean, it, it's subjective. Some, I'm not. I mean, I, it is subjective. As if you like wrestling, you like wrestling. Don't complain about it. Um, um, CC also says I agree. It's definitely based on location too. Yep, yep, yep. You know what else is based on location? You tell me. <laughs> I don't know. I uh, sh- something. I was gonna do something about the city of Charlotte, some joke about that, but then it, it just didn't materialize. Anyway, Charlotte Flair's got heat, Trevor, um, and it, it's not looking good for the Queen. So, for those of you who watched SmackDown this past ah. week, you will have. You all right there? Yeah, it's had a cough. Okay, it was a very loud cough. Just so you oh, know. <laughs> all right. So for those of you. <laughs> For those of you who watched SmackDown this past week, you will have noticed that atrocious segment where Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair literally did the one thing that no one wanted them to do, and that was switch the belts yep. on live TV. Nobody wanted that to happen. It happened anyway. But in it, we got some drama, some unintentional drama that's made this moment much more compelling than it ever would have been before because apparently there was an altercation between Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. So here's what went down. They had the title switching segment, right? Charlotte Flair was supposed, and, and during the segment, Charlotte Flair was supposed to hand the title to Becky. And ha- Becky was supposed to have a moment where she's holding both belts, the Becky two belt moment. Instead, Charlotte Flair kind of sandbagged. She played a little tug of war with, with Becky Lynch. And then she dropped the title on the ground, forcing Becky to pick it up. Becky was apparently pissed at her, and they got into a confrontation backstage. Charlotte had to be escorted out of the building by security. The locker room sentiment right now apparently was behind Becky Lynch in this moment. And there's a lot more to this because it seems like locker room sentiment towards Charlotte Flair is not great. This is from Wade Keller from the PW Torch. He says, from what I from what I'm told from people behind the scenes. None of the women want to work with her. And he's talking about Charlotte Flair. Like, not in the ring, in a match, not on the mic. I've sort I've sort of not been going through I've sort of not been going into big detail about some of these situations. Uh, I didn't want to get into terms of what was going on and what's causing it because it became newsworthy again last night. So basically Wade Keller is saying there that there's some sentiment backstage that that Charlotte Flair, you know, people don't want to work with her. Um, and you know, this this you have this moment, you have the Nia Jax moment from like a few months ago, uh, where you know the, there seemed to be some awkwardness in the middle of the ring and and between them and this whole situation, like this segment and everything, just just really felt awkward when you were watching it. And now knowing what happened backstage, it's even more uh, interesting. But what do we make of this situation with Charlotte Flair, Trevor? Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It kind of seems um, that she feels like the spotlight has been taken away from her. And so she's not trying to do business pretty much. You know why, would mean? You, why would you say that is? And, and well, the only reason it's I say that is because of the, the, the way she's handling the situation. Um, it it was childish. It, it was no need to happen that way. You know, and like, uh, I remember there was a couple of years back, forget the wrestler. This is this is actually a lot of years back. But it was a, a wrestler that, um, similar situation. Um, they were, it was something they were scheduled to do. And the with another hot wrestler at the time. And he either, like, 
he, he was either supposed to say something or do something. It involved the belt, belt, and I think he like kicked it at the guy or something. I forget exactly the situation and exactly who was involved in it, but it was something it was similar. And then, and then when you looked into it, it was because he thought he was he was more you know he was bigger than that particular mm-hmm. wrestler. And that's kind of how I feel about the situation. I think it kind of seems like Becky is she Charlotte thinks she's you know losing the spotlight a little bit, kind of sorta. Not exactly. But yeah, kind no, of. I no, I understand why you, you'd speculate that. Like that, I mean, especially with Becky. Like the right. the whole point of Becky Lynch's heel turn back in 2018 was supposed to be so Charlotte Flair would become, you know, the main, you know, babyface uh, on the women's side of things. And what happened instead? Becky Lynch became the biggest star in pro wrestling, like exactly. you know, over the next few months. So <laughs> I get like that makes logical sense. Um, but. You know, I, I do think it, it's 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 interesting given Charlotte Flair's position in the company. Right. She has always had a great position in the company, and I'm not. This isn't me saying anything about her or what's going on. I have no insider knowledge at all, other than what Meltzer and and Sean Ross Sapp and others tell everyone. But it's an interesting situation considering that she's like literally the the Roman Reigns, the John Cena, whatever. Um, of of her era right now like she is supposed to be the perennial champion the face of the women's division one of the faces of wwe so for that for you know for this to happen and and for apparently distrust to happen between her and the locker room and she's supposed to be one of the locker room leaders it's very worrying and you got to wonder like what is it is it the fact that she feels like her spotlight's being taken away which it's really not if you're paying attention she's had as a main event segment almost every single week so logically i don't even think it's that is it maybe the fact that she's unhappy with things uh in creative backstage i could totally see that i mean look Look, look, let me just be clear. This was a dumb segment to do anyway. Switching yeah, the title absolutely. belts, especially th- these are like these are supposed to be the equivalent of the world titles, like right in the, in a wrestling promotion. You want these to be the main belts, like main event belts, and you s- just switch them. Like that's a terrible uh, premise from the get go. So I could understand why she'd be mad, but why she would you know take that out from Becky and 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 piss off the most over the biggest star in pro wrestling right now. I don't understand that part. Uh, maybe we'll find out more to come as things as things go down the line. But I'm telling you, like, you know, don't don't necessarily disregard, you know, that whole thing in 2018 when when Charlotte Flair was supposed to become, you know, the main event of the women's division. And then Becky Lynch just became just changed the industry like over the matter of months and became the primal focus. You know, and, and and again, it I I I just don't know, and I don't want to say, oh, it's one hundred percent this or one hundred percent that. I'm just going off of what I can see, and what I see is is a situation that has a lot more to it than we are seeing right now. I think over the next year, maybe we're gonna see a lot more come out because we know it's wrestling, and this stuff usually does come out. But it is, I'll say this: it made a dull segment. Uh, means so much more after this because apparently you, you know what they did they oh, on the replay of smackdown the next night they cut it completely from the feed like her dropping the title and everything that was cut so it's definitely a point of emphasis that say like this didn't happen right right it's it's it was one of those things like you said like if you go back to the two, 2018 push 
it it I found it very interesting that Becky was supposed to be the heel, and as soon as she's like, as soon as she turned heel, like all the praise she got, like people like uh, stood in their chairs and cheered. It was so loud, dude. It was you know what it was. It was we. You know who is the biggest person to to thank as far as Becky Lynch is concerned, Nia Jax. Mm-hmm. If Nia Jax wasn't dangerous and broke her nose in that in that uh, in that big uh, schmoz that happened before Survivor Series 2018, that was the best thing that happened to Becky Lynch because the image of her standing at the ramp, standing up to Ronda Rousey with a bloody oh, face oh, no. and yeah. just and and, and and the confidence that she exuded in that moment, that was that was literally I've said it before. I will say it again. It is it gave me goosebumps. It still gives yeah. me goosebumps watching it back. It is the the Austin, uh, you know, uh, Austin three sixteen moment yeah. the, the, of, uh, of this era. It's the Hulk Hogan, you know, you know, holding up the t- the title belt, winning the belt from the Iron Sheik of this era. It is that era defining moment that we haven't yeah. had for such a very long time. And yeah. and big thank you to Nia Jax. Thank you for being dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, you're absolutely right, but like. I mean, even even before then, though, you started to see her getting over and over, like starting mm. to get her more and more over. Like it was, you know, when some people turn heel, automatically you hear boom. No, with with not with Becky, they they were they were cheering as soon as she turned heel. Like the day she turned heel, she got cheers, and it was one of those things. Like I mean, I'm not saying this is what happened. This is why. Charlotte chose to go the route she chose. I'm not saying that. I mean, it's just speculation. But I mean, like you said, pay attention to that. That was that was an important moment. Yeah, sticking with Becky though for just a second because I like the conversation. Do, do you think that? So, so it's interesting to see where Becky Lynch kind of like you know came from as far as that because you know she she had that big moment. She didn't obviously get that one on one match with Ronda Rousey that we all wanted and 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 wanted to see. But it's almost like when as soon as that moment happened, you know, at the ramp when when she did the, you know, come on to uh, to Ronda Rousey, it was it was just week after week. She just started doing some of the best stuff that I had seen in a very long time in WWE. Like she became must see, can't miss television and WWE has not had that as on a consistent basis like with Becky Lynch. She like she literally like I could not stop watching her segments. Her promo game was amazing. Her tw- she's the pettiest person in the world on Twitter, and I am here <laughs> for it. Like uh, like it and 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 it, it is just she just became a megastar before our eyes, and it's it's weird because you know. It's one of those things that like you just can't believe, and and you've seen, you've been watching wrestling long enough. You've you've been through like the big moments in wrestling, like the the NWO, the the Austin three sixteen stuff. Like, so give us some perspective on that. You know, where do you think it's someone who's kind of witnessed all those things as they happened? Where, where does this kind of rank, or or is the feeling the same? It's it's so it was big for a, a couple of reasons. So. It was one of those, like you said, era-defining moments. But not only era-defining, but career-defining moments. And that mm. defined, definitely put Becky Lynch on the map as, oh, pay attention to her. Let, let's, let's watch Becky. 
And like you said, her promo game was amazing. No one, no one watched the Irish last kicker like they do Becky Lynch now. You know, I mean, like she, she gave Whoa. you, you know, <laughs> she gave you good feels. You know, and she, and she reminded me a lot of those those old '90s, late '80s, early '90s wrestlers that had gimmicks that were just for feels, like you know, like um, Tatanka. The how about the, another one? You know that. Who had great who had great talent, but just wasn't pushed like that. You know what I mean? Like guys who just looked over and watched. But Becky had something that you needed to pay attention to, and we didn't pay attention to it until this career-defining moment. And like honestly, and another reason it was so big was because it's Becky and not Brian. It's Becky Lynch. It's a woman and, that and- is now. That and is it now, was against Ronda freaking exactly. Rousey. And it was a woman who is probably the best wrestler in the company on TV, kicking women's ass and threatening to kick men's ass. Like you didn't dude, see that, dude. She she dude she threatened to tie John Cena up in knots. Like <laughs> the confidence she, she has. Uh, Baron Corbin. Corbin. Oh well, I mean, I mean, I, but. Uh, uh, give me a second. I'm gonna go bit bit slap happy Corbin real quick. Like anyone, like, <laughs> uh, uh, but, but no. I mean, she like uh, like the last point I'll I'll say is that I I think there's the the thing about Becky Lynch that that is the best and it and it kind of encompasses this whole conversation. It's it wasn't a gimmick. It was no. her, and that's we've talked about it. the best things in wrestling are usually. Uh, coming out of of reality or reality based in a way, you know. So I mean, just having that confidence, like that is that is you know uh, that is Becky uh, Lynch. That is who she is. I legitimately believe that she. I'm telling you, if Ronda Rousey challenged Becky Lynch to a fight, Ronda would probably win. She would definitely win. But I promise you that Becky Lynch is not scared of Ronda Rousey. <laughs> not at all. Like not at all. she'll go down swinging, she'll pull her hair out, she'll get her licks in. Like, like that. That's the. That, that's what Becky's I believe about Becky Lynch. Much, to be honest with you, I don't think I really don't think Becky's afraid of much. Yeah, no, and and look, no one. It's like I don't, and I, and this is not like a knock on Roman even at all, because Roman has a lot of confidence in who he is in WWE. I don't think there's anyone who has like the presence of Becky Lynch like right now in wrestling. Like like even like yo, I love AEW. You go to AEW, there's no one like Becky Lynch. If if you like you put Becky Lynch on the AEW roster tomorrow, game changer. Everything is 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 turning on its the world turns on its axis if that happens like that's how much of a big deal Becky Lynch is not only in merch not only in who she is like people say it you know as like a cliche but it's true she genuinely might be probably is the Steve Austin of our era she is I I, I totally agree totally agree absolutely um so one more note on this Becky Lynch Charlotte Flair thing. One more note on the Charlotte Flair situation. So Andrade, who is married to her in real life, they are they are husband and wife in real life. After, oh, they yeah, yeah. So after this went down, Andrade tweets out after Rampage and 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 uh, SmackDown. Yeah, yeah. 
two take baby two take baby anyway um so last thing on this charlotte flair situation so andrade el idolo who is the partner of um charlotte in real life tweeted out on friday night f-u-w-w-e which got a lot of people speculating as to what that could mean did it have something to do with that segment that went awry? Did it have something to do with his match? And just saying, hey, F you, I went out there and had a great match with Pac, and and you guys held me back. Well, I think we got some uh, clarity on that situation. According to Dave Meltzer, Dave Meltzer said it, that it was definitely about the segment, uh, but from what he's hearing and everything. Um, like, it was most likely, rather, about the segment. So, if that's true... Man, you know, it's got a lot of people talking about Charlotte Flair. Could she be on her way out of WWE and on her way to AEW? Like, what do you think of that that notion, Trevor? Uh, like we say every week, it, it's not wrestling without rumors, right? It's not wrestling without uh, speculation and starting something up, you know? Because it's what keeps, it's what keeps wrestling fans interested. Um, but no, I, at this point, I think... It's one of those situations. I mean, come on. Every every diva has a temple tantrum. Not calling her a diva. I'm just using it as, you know, as a word. Every but, Antonio Brown does have a temper tantrum. I there, agree. There you go. Thank you. That's exactly what I mean. <laughs> has a temper tantrum here and there. Every top talent has one. Like, Shawn Michaels had thousands. Bret Hart had a few. Like, you know, you, you talk about top talent, they have them. I don't think it's worth it's one of those situations where you're, where they're like, Hey, Charlotte, get your shit together and get out. You know what I mean? I don't think it's that yet. Um, if it progresses, who knows, but we don't know exactly the extent of it anyway. So honestly, I don't think it's happening. Let me be abundantly clear about this. There is no way that Charlotte flair is going to be released by WWE and allowed to just walk to AEW. There is, the the chances of her even after her contract runs out going to AEW i think of even her own volition are like minimal less than 1% considering what WWE i think would offer her to stay i don't there's there is not a world honestly i see where charlotte flair goes to AEW at least anytime soon uh but there and there's a lot of reasons for that WWE will not release her because of one, the how big of a star she is and what she would mean to any other wrestling company. And look, if she leaves, no bones about it. She's going to AEW. That's where her oh, yeah. there. That's oh, where Andrade yeah. is. Andrade wants his whole family there. Like that. That's what he wants. It would work out for him and her as well. And she, her, her versus Britt Baker would be huge money draw. It'll sell out a stadium. But you also have to put into the. But also, like you also have to think about. Not just that, the fact that WWE have invested so much into Charlotte, they hotshot her to the top of NXT after like a year of training. They hotshot her to the top of the entire women's division after a year and a half on the main roster. And look, the thing was, she was ready. Both those times they did it. She's an un Her talent is unquestioned. She is one of the best performers male or female in the world that is not a question the but wwe would not let her walk just considering the amount of stuff that they've put into and invested into charlotte flair and she's like what now a 13 time 
uh, world champion or 13-time women's champion. She's They've invested 13 title reigns into her just so she could break um, her father's, you know, 16 title reign record according to the WWE. They're, they're not going to let that go. They're not, there's no way that happens. And for anyone who's out there saying like, ooh, you know, oh, this is totally going to happen. Well, you know, I'm no wrestling journalist and I don't pretend to be. Neither is Trevor. You probably need to keep your mouth shut, buddy, because there's no way that's happening. Um, no, and and all the respected ones, all the real wrestling journalists are not reporting that um, because it's just not true. It's a, There's just no possible way that they're going to release her. Like, and I say this also because someone like someone put out the argument on a video the other day saying like, well, you know, if if they're forced to choose between Becky and Charlotte, you know, they're, they're going to have to make a choice. And I was like, well, you know what the best part is? They don't have to choose because they're on different shows. They're actually exactly. the lead people on on, on these separate shows. Exactly. So there is no way this is happening. I, I cap, cap, cap. That, that, that would be like the dumbest thing WWE ever did. It, <laughs> it would be the dumbest thing. WWE. Like, if, <laughs> let me be clear. If Charlotte Flair gets released by WWE for, you know, for, for, for just like this kind of petty stuff. It would be hands down the stupidest decision ever made by the WWE. Not even, and they've made done a lot. They made a lot of stupid decisions. Made a lot of dumb decisions. That would be. This would take the cake of all time. This would that if that happened, that would probably be the 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 the, the decision that actually ruins the company. Oh yeah, no. This would be a huge red flag. Huge red flag. This would be like. when, remember when WCW hired Vince Russo? That would be the equivalent oh, of, of, exactly. of this moment. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. It Absolutely. won't happen, though, because, you know, I don't have a lot of faith in WWE, but I got enough faith to know that they're not this dumb. Like, no. No. Yeah. That's what we like to think. <sighs> See? Hey, who says we can't say good things about WWE? <laughs> anyway. You just call him a dumbass, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It, well, if you guys think that we're... <laughs> If you guys think that we're saying some good things, let us know in the chat. Let us know what you think about this whole Charlotte Flair situation. Let us know what you guys think about wrestling in general. Um, hit us up on Twitter at Real Take Sports. And also, be sure to hit that like button. Help out the algorithm. Very nice. Subscribe and hit that notification bell so you get notified whenever a new video is released. Let's go to the chat real quick. Where MK Osborne has joined the chat. Welcome, MK. MK says... Okay. Not a fan of the belt swap makes it a participation trophy, in my opinion. I kind of see that. It's just kind of a prop. Yeah. It, it's a trinket. Yeah. It's, it's it's like a little trinket on a Christmas tree at that point. Uh, big fans of sports entertainment says WWE better use Charlotte and Becky real heat on TV like Matt Hardy and Edge. Da- <laughs> Ooh, that would be interesting. That would be. Could you imagine Charlotte Flair like on a mic? It was going like, screw this. I'm going to AEW. <laughs> I'm going to New Japan. Ah, I can't say that. Um, I can't say that. I'm not. I am not. I'm not getting a copyright strike because I mentioned that company. Um, MK Osborne also says I agree. She did bad showing her cards on that. She did bad showing her cards on that. Vince will bury her first and keep her right to the sec- last second. She'll be. Uh, has been. I don't think that's gonna happen. There's no way. No, been, no, no, no. no they're not, not gonna marry Charlotte. Yeah. They're not, not gonna be. It, there's no way it's that deep yet. It, it is. They've made her champion 13 times. They're not gonna bury her like that. Un- the only way that's even remotely 
possible, and even a small chance, is if Charlotte Flair comes out and says, "I'm not resigning." Like, like right. then maybe, maybe you'll you'll see that. But no, there's just no real scenario right now where that happens. Big fan is going to round us out here saying Charlotte also better respect the people she's working with. I agree with that. You anywhere you are, you better respect the people you're working with. You know, I mean, I understand the frustrations if it was just the segment being bad, but you can't let it interfere with with your coworkers either. Absolutely. Yep, yep, yep. Absolutely, guys. Uh keep those questions coming, keep the comments coming. Ask us about anything. Tell us about your some of your Best scary moments in wrestling. We'll get to those uh, later on tonight in this show, in this special uh, Halloween Havoc edition of uh, Real Take Russell Talk. Anyway, you know what's scary? scary I don't don't know. Uh, It's like the WCW scary voice. You know how like their tone was just off on all their pay-per-views? It was just like, it's Halloween Havoc. you, You remember their announcer, Dave Penzer? Yeah, I like Dave. Oh, everyone loves it. He's just like <laughs> every every announce every announce. Name a wrestler. I'm gonna do a Dave Penzer impersonation. Name a wrestler. Eddie Guerrero. Any... <laughs> that's that's pretty much Dave Penzer. That, that. Name another one. Name an- another one. Uh, let's see. Mustafa Ali. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that's Dave Benzer. Yeah, I love Dave Benzer. Dave Benzer. Dave Benzer. It's like, uh, uh, it, it all sounded the fucking same. So it's like, <laughs> it's like, oh, but the, the the boys over to LSW Review, they have this thing where Dave Penzer, everything he says, is just like, <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Anyway. Let's move on. Uh, six concurrent viewers, nine likes. Nice. Um, nice. Uh, let's move on and talk about Brian because I got a feeling there's this is going to be interesting to a lot of people. So, uh, Trevor, there was a note in a report by Dave Meltzer this week that Daniel Bryan uh, was not really, you know, the top guy in WWE, according to WWE management. Uh, so let's talk about it here. So WWE management apparently did not think of Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, as a top guy. Mel- Mel- Dave Meltzer noted that while Danielson was crossing over into mainstream media with his yes chance, they never really viewed him as the top guy. Instead, they already had Roman Reigns pegged in that position, and that was back in 2014. Uh, Writing in The Observer this week, Meltzer said, Keep in mind, while they absolutely liked him and saw him as a star, even as he saved WrestleMania and sports teams throughout the country were doing the yes chance, they never saw him as a top guy, and and Roman Reigns was that guy that they saw. So... A lot to break, a lot to make of this here. So apparently, during the height of WrestleMania and even during WrestleMania 30, they never saw him as the top guy. He never figured into the plans as the top guy. What do you make of this, Trevor? Is this really surprising to you? Honestly, not really. And and I only say that because this. So, Vince McMahon likes to make stars, right? And even though. Um, even though uh, Roman Reigns wasn't technically, well, he was made. Like, I mean, he was. He he definitely was made into what Vince wanted him to be, especially at now, right now. But but Daniel Bryan was already was already a star. Like, I mean, he wasn't 
as big as is some of the guys in WWE, but in ROH in the in indie circuit, everyone knew Brian Danielson. Everyone knew the drag, the the, uh, the American Dragon. You know, everyone knew who he was. So I think it was one of those situations where it was yes, he's a star, but he's not top guy because he's not how I he's not in the image I wanted him to be. You know what I mean? And that's kind of how I saw it. Kind of how I, I saw it when he came over. I I personally didn't think he was going to be a top guy. I considered him a top guy, but I didn't think he was going to be considered by anyone else a top guy because of just because of how he how he wrestled, um, the his you know his charisma and everything else. He to me he never truly fit in WWE. I mean everyone loved him, everyone thought he was a great wrestler, and me included. But I just didn't think he really fit the mold of a top guy in WWE. Does that make sense? No, that makes sense because he never really fit what they deemed as a top guy right. in WWE. And and so that makes sense. Um, but I do want to point out the fact that, you know, the 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 idea that WWE didn't see him as a top guy, it's not surprising because they went through all of that. They yeah. went through a year of buildup for John Cena versus Brian Danielson or Daniel Bryan, right? They went through a year buildup. He had his bit after getting over, after being put down after yes chance bellowing for a year while Brian Danielson wasn't even in the ring or in the segments what happened Trevor they finally he finally gets his moment and not a second after he wins they take it away and put the belt on Randy Orton that's all the confirmation you needed that they never really thought that he was a top guy and then Literally, they that storyline they had him in was like one of the worst buildups to WrestleMania yes. indirectly. It was also one of the best because the backstage stuff of, of them not pushing Brian was actually playing into real into the kayfabe storyline. So lines were blurred. Um, but it was it was a moment that 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 really, you know, I think that was like one of the first moments that fans were just like done with WWE and the way that they viewed stars because everybody and their mother knew that Brian Danielson, that Daniel Bryan was the guy and it was his moment and it was his year and it was and he should main event WrestleMania and he should be the world champion. Everybody knew it. But but the thing was WWE didn't want to believe it until we were for, we literally had to force them to think it. We had to force them to make it into a reality and that's when he won the big title and he and he won the the two belts. He was Danny two belts over there at WrestleMania 30. Um but you also have to look at what they did right after. He wins the belt. What happens at the next pay-per-view Trevor? He gets into a feud with Kane. Yep. Gets into a feud with Kane. He, they have a, a decent match, but it wasn't anything big, largely compelling, and I, that's the, and I think that's what it is. They, they knew he was a guy who could hold the belt. They didn't want him to be the guy to keep the belt. And sometimes, no matter how great you are, and let and let it be known, Brian Danielson is the best technical wrestler to ever lace up a pair of boots. He might be the best, one of the best of all time. But the thing is, the reality is, as as Triple H likes to remind us, they viewed him as a B-plus player the whole time. So, no, this is not surprising. Uh, and I want to say this right now, and it's going to be my question to you. Daniel Bryan today is a top guy. He yeah. is a needle mover because, yeah. pe because the people who pay money to watch wrestling, to see wrestling, to buy merch, 
They're, they know the name Brian Danielson. They know the name Daniel Bryan. And they know what he delivers in the ring. And he delivers excellence every single time. So, yes, he is a top guy, WWE. You, you, said, you said it better than I possibly can. He is one of the best, if not the best, technical wrestler wrestling right now. He, he is one of the most popular wrestlers. Anyone that watches that watched ROH when he was on there knows Daniel Bryan. They know who Daniel, Brian Danielson is. They know who he is. They know who the American Dragon is. They know his moveset, cattle mutilation. They know they know who he is. Like to say he's not a top guy or wasn't a top guy coming in is absolutely ludicrous. Like he was probably just as popular, if not more popular, than CM Punk coming in WWE. Like he he was. And is a top guy. This man walks in ju- just a sheer mention of him going to AEW. People start watching. People who haven't watched AEW ever. I had a buddy of mine who who actually has seen our podcast or our live stream and and said, "Hey, you know what? I never really watched AEW until CM Punk was on there, and I heard Brian Daniels that Brian Danielson was coming. Yes, I'm I'm a fan now. Like, come on, really." But we don't care what WWE says. We know the truth. <laughs> it's like, like if you don't think that Brian Danielson's a star, I just don't know what to tell you. Like you just, yeah. you just, I don't know. You just don't see it. I mean, That's fine. And, and yeah, and, and it's subjective. But but even the the big knock on him was, you know, other than his height, which he can't control, and and he, I've never seen someone wrestle. Uh, so like like a big man like Brian can at at times, but and and wrestle that that with that cerebral cerebral edge, but the other thing is the big knock on him was what he's not charismatic, and you know yeah. like there's a lot of people compared him to Bret Hart. Oh, he's great in the ring, but man, he doesn't have any charisma. I'm like, go back and watch Bret Hart. He did not have any. That is no charisma. That yeah, is no charisma. no charisma. Bret Hart in WWE New Generation loved him, but no charisma. He didn't need no. it. No charisma. But Brian could actually go out there and cut promos, and he's one of the. He was one of the when he left WWE. He was the. He was one of the top three promos in the entire company when he left. Like that. That's how good he was by the time he left, and 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 when he had that meteoric rise. Like th- there was no. He had the confidence on the mic. He had the energy. It was a lot in similar ways. It was like what Becky Lynch, you know, kind of does on the mic. Just that confidence, that presence, and just going out there and being like, dude, I know I can kill this. Can you? Like, right. like he held his own every time and, and, and owned the mic many times when he was out there by, by the time he was done with the company. Like, that, that, if, you wanna, if you want proof, go back and watch the SmackDown before WrestleMania 37. Go back and watch that this past year. Watch that SmackDown. Watch Brian Danielson cutting a promo in front of the Thunderdome, brother, and just killing it. Like, yeah. that is a masterclass of promo. I watched that. I forgot about the fact there was a pandemic. I forgot about the fact that they were in the Thunderdome, which was shitty as hell. I forgot all of that. I was just like, my God, I am ready to see Brian Danielson at WrestleMania, like, kill Roman Reigns and Edge. Like, that. that's how... That's how great of a promo he he is. So, yes, he's a top guy. He's got all the tools. No one can tell me a legitimate knock on him that, like, you know, other than the fact that, like, ooh, he's, oh, he's, like, five foot eight or whatever. I'm like, oh, and? Okay. How tall was Bob Backlund, who held the title for a few years? How tall was... Uh, 
Yeah. Ric Flair? Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Shawn Michaels? Like, I, mean, I was about to say, Shawn, they have Shawn Michaels listed as 6'1". Shawn Michaels is 5'10". On a good day. 5'10", 5'11", maybe. <laughs> but it's, it's funny you mention that because I think the first time we really talked about Dane Bryan, uh, Bryan Danielson on the show, I said this, and this was when I first saw him on RH. He reminded me a lot of uh, Bob Backlund. He reminded me a lot of Bob Backlund in the in the way that Bob was very technical, very technical wrestler. It, it wasn't it wasn't a lot of the difference was it wasn't a whole lot of flash to Bob Backlund, but it, he he got the job done. Very technical wrestler, one of the best in his era. And he was he he had a little charisma. It was it was his. I have never eaten marijuana. Marijuana. <laughs> it was it was weird what charisma, but he had it. You know what I mean? And and like Daniel Bryan, uh, Bryan Danielson. I keep calling him Bryan. Bryan Danielson and ROH to me that was his biggest knock. The fact that he he was decent on promos. He wasn't great. He was. I thought when he got to WWE, he was amazing, but. He wasn't great on the mic, and his he wasn't super charismatic. But all that changed. All that has changed. My opinion of Dan Brown had, had changed immediately, and I, I like him a lot. I, I can't see how anyone says he's not top guy. Oh goddamn, pal! Look at him. He doesn't even eat meat. What kind of man is he? <laughs> he's a he's a vegan man. A he's a he's a he's a. He's a chopper, and he's gonna job to Roman Reigns clean every time, because Roman is my creation. That's my guy. <laughs> Be sure to hit that like button, subscribe, and hit that <laughs> notification bell so you get notified whenever one of these streams drops. <laughs> um, anyway, pretty much scared everyone. <laughs> right, baby. It's Halloween, baby. This <laughs> is a scary time. Um, uh, let's move on. Uh, nice, a scary time. Let's move on and um, um, and actually go to the chat real quick because uh, we had some comments here. So let's start off here with uh, CC, who says, "Do big show." You want me to do a big show uh, impersonation? Uh, uh. How do I? How do you? How would you do a Big Show impersonation, Trevor? I don't think my voice can go that, that, that deep. I'm a giant. I'm a giant. <laughs> then there's your Big Show impersonation, CC. Anyway, um, <laughs> um uh, Big Ticket says, I can't believe the Mac Ca Max Caster played one of Bobby Lashley's sisters in the Sami Zayn segment. Oh wow, wow that is that random. That is random, but that is also true. I just realized that as well. I just remembered that rather. MK Osborne says, "Reason I said that uh, that reason I said that is Daddy Flair stock is crap to WWE, and that changes the game." I don't think it changes the game. I don't think Ric Flair's thing really affects Charlotte. Honestly, they built her up to be a you know a record breaking champion and and the top female star or in their eyes i i don't think i don't see it changing but that's just what i think um ryan woodridge says hi bro how many more players from the packers ain't playing on thursday i don't know you'll find out tomorrow night on real take sports talk live with hmo podcast so be sure to subscribe for that if you guys haven't already cc says to be honest daniel bryan worked his bleep off on wwe and he didn't have quote the look he was scruffy and short Roman Reigns had the exotic look, uh, which women and men like to see talent 
aside, DB has it all. Talent aside. Talent included, DB has it all. He's got the look, too. He's got the, 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 come on, it's 2021, the hippie, bearded, yeah, uh, 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 was, was it the hipster look? He's got that down, man. Um, Ryan also says, hi, bro. Will Kevin Owens leave WWE sooner rather than later? My guess is yes, when his contract yes. is up think, in yeah, next year. Yeah. I think he's going. I, I would love to uh, fight Steen fight in Ring of Honor. Him, him like oh, becoming yeah. like the main guy Ring of Honor. That would be cool. Be great. Same go back. MK Osborne says Danielson. It was technical like Bret Hart, which don't quite have, uh, which didn't quite have the it factor, uh, and seemed like high end go to utility. The high end go to utility player compared to Hulk, Warrior, and Piper. Yeah. Um. In WWE, Vince decides who's on top, while fans decide who is on top in AEW. Generally, yeah, I would yeah. say yeah. I, I, that's not always I, okay. I don't want to get, get as a trend. Yes, WWE does that more often, like telling you what is happening rather than um, you know all that. But but yeah, okay, I agree with that. Generally, is a trend. I I think WWE. They do listen to fans, but by the time they do, it's usually too late. Yeah. Um, CC says, to be fair, I like Daniel Bryan a lot. Yes. Yes, yes. Yes, we do here. Uh, MK says, Danielson has grown tremendously on the mic and connection with the fans. True. Yes, very true. And finally, we have CC rounding out this round of chat saying, that's what I meant, LOL. Oops. She's talking about the big show. <laughs> oh. Well, if you like a big show, you please like my show too. And nice. Uh, in the Kazakhstan, uh, we like a wrestling. Uh, yeah, very nice. Uh, Trevor, uh, who, oh, sorry, Luigi, who is your favorite wrestler? Yeah, the um... who? <laughs> I saw your face. <laughs> I need that one more time. <laughs> one more time. What I actually said or something else? You both. <laughs> uh, let's see. Actual favorite. I've already said this. Um, no, who's Luigi's favorite? Oh, Luigi. No, I want who's, Luigi's favorite. Luigi's favorite. Ah, Nunzio. <laughs> oh, I like. I like. He's very, uh, very nice. Nunzio. He's, He's a fellow Italian. Italian. Yeah, very small, like Trump's hands. Very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nice. Like, I like. In a Kazakhstan, uh, we very much like a Hulk Hogan. Uh, he's a very good uh, uh, example of character. Yes. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> he make a very nice uh, movie tape back in 2014 uh, with uh, Bubba the Love Sponge. Naughty, naughty. <laughs> Naughty, naughty. Very naughty, naughty, okay? I think it's better to don't offend the Italian people. <laughs> oh, I'm, I, I, I love everyone. This is satire, I promise yes. you. I'm it sorry. Just having... <laughs> I would say we're not having fun like JBL has funs with, with, with different gimmicks, all right? JBL's like... <laughs> oof, oof, JBL, 2004. God damn. What a, what a racist that was. He was an actual racist. Like, <laughs> uh, well, in, in the gimmick. Like, <laughs> well. 
Bianca Belair. <laughs> Let's move on, Trevor, and talk about Bianca Belair. So I didn't know if you know this, Trevor, but apparently in Bianca's last six like singles matches, she has not scored a pinfall victory at all in any of them. And this is going back to her match against Becky Lynch at SummerSlam. It seems like a lot of the uh, of the the luster, a lot of the shine that she had has been kind of taken away since she lost to SummerSlam to Becky Lynch in that squash match. So what do you think about this? Has Bianca Belair lost her shine? Could she be used better? Uh, so, you know, this happens, right? This has happened in uh, wrestling since wrestling was, was it has been a conception. Like, it's, it's something that happens. I'm not sure. I, I really understand why it happens, but it happens. Sometimes when a top wrestler loses... To another top wrestler or loses in general, um, that wrestler is either not used for several months or when they are, they lose a lot of matches. Um, prime example of Kairo Shida. She was not on TV for a very long time, and now she's been on TV, and a few of the matches have been on TV before she's lost. So why that is, I'm not sure. But I will say, agree with you by saying I think Bianca has lost a little of her luster in some of the fans' eyes, even in some of the um, just some of the uh, reporters and things like that. And I'm not really sure why. I, I, I mean, she still performs well in the matches she's in. She's still a, pr- a presence on wrestling. Um, she's still her promos are still on one. She's she still looks and seems like she is in into everything and enjoying everything. So I'm not sure exactly why. But I kind of agree with you that she has lost her luster a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like she's entered this weird... It it seems like, so she loses to Becky, and then the next night she didn't seem like, you know, this babyface was going to go on a tear on the roster to get her belt back. It just seemed like she was sticking to this very affable, you know, like... Oh well, Jolly G- jo- oh, like you, G Willikers, I lost, and she's kind of looking a little foolish. Her character, rather, is looking a little foolish in 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 kind of what she's been put in now because she loses after getting challenged by Becky Lynch at the last second, and then she never got her win back, and now you know she's just kind of. It, it seems like the main event shine that she had coming out of that amazing main event at WrestleMania is just all but gone. And Bianca Belair, you know, while she's a name now, like for sure, she's a bigger name than she was. She's not necessarily now at the same level of where she was, you know, after Mania, which is the whole point of you trying to get the belt on Becky so Bianca can chase it and win it back. But it just seems like they're kind of moving towards a thing where, oh, well, Bianca's a name that's there. And then, you know, who else? Who knows where they're going to go with it because they rewrite tv minute to minute and it just it it, there just doesn't seem to be like consistency as far as her as a character she just seems to be this person who loses 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 and you know doesn't get a clean victory it it, it, which is it's not good for her long-term development i think yeah i agree i agree i'm just looking at comments sorry looking at the comments in this comment section but anyway um, yes, I totally agree. I, I don't believe Bianca is uh, getting what she deserves at this point. Um, and it, it's sad. And like we, we talked about this earlier when uh, when she first won the belt. And this was one of my fears, honestly. Um, but 
I hope the plans are to make her put her back on top and hopefully even make her a champion again. Um, Because at the moment, it's one of those situations where you're taking a good talent and you're like letting it just sit like you have, like they have so many other talents and so many other personalities over the years. And I, I just, I just think it's a shame for someone like Bianca when she is so talented. And considering where she was just a few months ago, we're talking about she was the women's world champion. She just came right. off a main event at WrestleMania. She was one of the main events of SummerSlam and, and one of the biggest draws of SummerSlam. Like I, I said going into that event, I was like, the one big thing, like, you know, I like I like the John Cena versus Roman Reigns thing, but the thing I was most excited about was uh Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair because it was a rematch of an all-time classic WrestleMania main event. Like, yeah. like when when do you get that? You really don't. So, it, it just it to me, it stole the show. And now I'm thinking, like, now if they did that match, it just it wouldn't be the same. It just would not be the same. And and that's a bad thing because you like you can put her in a situation where she lost. And and I I was I said this uh, the the day after SummerSlam. I said let's give it time to see where it goes. It has not gone to a good place. I was wrong. I should not have given it time. I should have kai botched it before it happened. Um, it it's just. Like and the thing, the thing I'm most mad about is Becky Lynch could have gotten the belt back without Bianca Belair's character looking foolish. That is yeah. what I'm most upset about. And now she looks foolish. Now she looks like not a threat. She's not even going out there and cutting promos where it's like, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to go through every single woman on this roster. Hell, I'll go through the main main event males if I have to. And I will do anything to get my title back. The title that I won. Like, she's not reminding us why we should care. And, and that's the thing. I'm like, dude, you have like... An hour, like an hour and a half of SmackDown is dedicated to like meaningless promo time. You're telling me you can't give her, you know, five minutes on the mic to cut an effective promo and just and tell us why we should care? No, instead you have her, you know, losing and then getting DQ and like it, it's just it 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 just doesn't make me care. That's the issue here, and which of someone who I want to care about, I genuinely want to care about. Yeah, and you said it best. Like that, that's the problem. I just don't care at the moment and I want to care and it's not because of her at all. It's just how they presented her and it, it sucks. It really does. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we love Bianca Belair. Want to see her in the main event again, but they, they gotta, they gotta fix this, man. It's, it's just, they, I just don't get how they get it so wrong like this, but. Them's the breaks. Uh, anyway, guys, if you haven't already, please hit that like button. Subscribe if you haven't for daily videos and hit that notification bell so you get notified whenever a new video is released. Let's go back to the chat. Um, we, ha we have some comments here. Uh, Ryan Woodridge says, hi, bro. Do you want to see CM Punk versus Daniel Bryan in AEW? You're damn right. We want to see you, Daniel. Yeah, we want to see Bryan versus Punk. Like that's They're going to do the match. It's just a matter of time. I think they're smart to just not like you know you know get it out of the way early and build it up like let it have a proper time to breathe let them both build themselves up in the AEW division and then you can do the match whenever absolutely they they are the Sean and Brett kind of 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 this era like like that's the way i view them like not that's very good in, in, that's in, very in the way like in the way they interact in the ring there is money every time they go out there very very good comparison i like that yep 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 uh cc says ooh luigi Nothing, nothing. Um, big <laughs> yes, ticket cool. says uh, your Borat impersonation is spot on. Ah, Jinqui. 
Uh, Ryan Woodridge says, Omer, what NBA player would wrestle in AEW? I love how Ryan likes to just get uh, sports questions in on the wrestling podcast. Right. Hey, uh, hey, look, that was, that was a smart question to ask. What NBA player would be in AEW? Uh, I mean, Shaq was in AEW, so yeah, there's was. one for him. Shaq wrestled a match. He won a match in AEW, technically. So, yeah, there you go. Shaq, 1-0 over Cody Rhodes. The, <laughs> and people say Cody doesn't job. How dare you? <laughs> how dare you? How dare you put Shaquille O'Neal over, bro? You just wait till they do that match with Big Show. He's going to be a huge star. when, And then Big Show's going to be a huge star after he beats Shaq. <laughs> and then they're going to put the belt on him. <laughs> like, uh, But no, I mean, in, I mean, there, there's a few people out there. Uh, you know, I, I would say, like, you know, who, who could do it? You could probably get, like, it wouldn't be, like, a big-time name. I mean, maybe Andre Iguodala? I don't know. I don't maybe. know. Um, Nate Robinson. His little ass, man. Nah, after he got knocked out by... Nah. Nah. Shit. Bro, boom. Like, God, he got his... <laughs> meant to it's sleep. Not, it's not a boxing match. <laughs> nah, God, you just wait till he gets in the ring with Big Show and his, uh... His WMD. Sorry, sorry. No, no. The Big Show WMD is more like... Oh. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, last few chats here. WWE is burning talent. They suck now. Um, Ryan also says, hashtag, oh, sorry, number one, Real Take Sports is number one. Thank uh, thank you, bro, for entertaining me. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. We, we love to entertain. We love the masses. We also love it when you hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, hit that notification bell. If you want to, if you're feeling Brisky, want want to buy us a cup of coffee? He'll go to patreon.com forward slash real take sports. Um, okay. WWE, uh, Ryan Woodridge also says, uh, is Ray Mysterio leaving for AEW soon? No, not while Dominic no. is in WWE. No, no. they they're they've Ray got a lot tired. of best. I leave for AEW. Yeah, yeah, that's not happening. Could it happen? Maybe down the line, but not not while Dominic is is still becoming a star. There, he wants to see his kid become a star, which can't blame him. You know who I can blame? Eric the Boomer Bischoff for calling out CM Punk and Tony Khan again. So we covered this last week. Eric Bischoff called out Tony Khan, told him to basically shut up and wrestle. And this week he said that, quote, Tony Khan is manipulating data to make it seem like they're competing. They are being AEW or competing with WWE. And he said that on his podcast, he said that CM Punk has shit the bed in his return to AEW. So he's doubling down on the comments he's made about AEW, which were already surprising, and now he's bringing CM Punk's name into it. Um, Trevor, initially, I just want to ask you, what do you make of Bischoff's comments here, You know, especially considering what he said last week? You know, I, f- I feel, I swear, it seems like he just wants to be relevant. You know what I mean? Like, the... He's got a podcast to plug, man. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. I, I don't either, but, like, come on, dude. This is getting stupid. This is getting dumb. Like, you're really saying that this man is manipulating data to make it seem like they're doing better than what they are? He's not Vince McMahon. Like, come on. Like, that's something that, that uh, uh, like, you would do, Mr. Bischoff. <laughs> but, I you're no. To me. I was like, <laughs> like, no, I don't. No, that, that, that's stupid. That doesn't make any sense. And it doesn't help anybody at the end of the day. Like, and to say CM, that shouldn't have been with CM Punk's running the company. He's been there, what, a month, two months? Like, 
what do you really expect him to do? The man's been out of wrestling for seven years. Like, ease him, ease him back in. Like, he had a great big match with Darby Allen. He's had great matches with, with Hobbs. He had a great match with, um, with uh, uh, what was his name? Garcia? Danny Garcia? Danny Garcia. It was really a good match. And, and actually, he, he helped Danny Garcia shine. And it was, it was a good match. Like, just build him up. Treat him like he's brand new. And I like that's what they're doing. They're just easing them in. They're not putting them in a big uh, a title shot. They're not doing anything out, you know, too, super outlandish. Like, just build him up. Honestly, I hope they, they continue to feud with him and Taz, honestly. But, and, but you know, just let them work and shut the fuck up. <laughs> I mean, look, dude, again – Maybe 83 weeks. Maybe they're down in the ratings, you know? Maybe maybe he just needs to stir up drama to have something to talk about on his podcast because, you know, God knows he's he's stopped really talking about, you know, wrestling. All they're doing now on his show is just reacting, like live reacting to, like, old pay-per-views, which is, you know, again, it's okay cool but like at the same time what are you really getting out of it? it's not a discussion but he needs to drum up interest for his podcast i get that that, that that's what this is about like yeah, no aw is not shit the bed with cm punk cm punk is doing fine he had a go watch that the build up with the derby feud was amazing the match was really good um the here's the one thing i'll say that does have a little merit i guess or give a, a small amount of merit to bischoff's uh claim cm punk's promos they haven't been great because he's not really been cutting promos. He's exactly. just been coming out and saying, oh, I love the crowd, and I'm going to yeah. jump and an ice cream bar. Like, okay, cool. That's gotten old. I'll say I'll give him that. That's yeah. gotten old, and I, I think he needs to be, be in more – it's time for him to finally be in more compelling storylines. Yes, he should wrestle Hobbs because Hobbs will get over because he's wrestling CM Punk and he'll get shine out for that. Danny Garcia might be the next big pillar of AEW. So, yes, he should also wrestle CM Punk because it's also a good match and that's fine. And I like that, you know, but it might be time for him to to, you know, go get into a real feud over the next few months. But that doesn't mean they're shitting the bed because they're not. CM Punk helped move the needle. Yes, he did. And get the most pay-per-view buys for a non-WWE pay-per-view since the year 1999. Like, that is a big deal. So So, I think he's just drumming stuff up. The, The whole thing about... Tony Khan manipulating data. I think that's also subjective. Yeah, if you want to say that, you know, oh, saying that, you know, like, your show is is beating, you, you know, one show that's on another night. We all know Raw and Dynamite are on, on, are on separate nights, you know, and... Like, and yes, the key demo thing, you know, oh, they're not beating them in direct viewership. But the whole thing is, the reason the key demo is so important, and I need to stress this because people don't get it in the comments... The whole reason we talk about the key demo is because the main thing that advertisers look for is how are you doing in the 18 to 49, 18 to 34 key demo. That is what they look for. That is what they care about. And that is where the money is made for these TV networks, which makes them care more about the show. So AEW's up over WWE in the, in that in that rating. Then that means AEW is going to end up getting more money when they're when they re up their deal in a few years. That's just the truth. That's how they got this big deal with Rampage. So, you know, if you want to call it manipulating data, Bischoff, well, I mean, you go ahead. You can manip. You can call it manipulation at all. But 
it's still, I still, I, you know what? I'm going to go on a limb here and say this, dude. AEW, still a way more successful venture than WCW was. Way more yeah. successful because Absolutely. you know what? You know what? AEW seems like it has staying power. WCW didn't, man. And I'm watching like 1999. I'm watching, I'm in like February 99 of WCW. The descent is coming. Yeah. Or, sorry, the yeah. descent was here. But the but I can see it like the writing's on the, the wall. This started like ninety eight, honestly. Yeah, end of ninety eight. Like as soon as like the cattle prog, the, the 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 taser was used on Goldberg to end the streak. I was like, oh, yeah. they're doing this shit, and it's it was it's just it's it getting worse. Were but, you watching wrestling at that time? I was a baby. I was born in ninety seven. Oh shit. Okay, so you didn't get a chance to see that crap in in. Than actual I'm getting rock. a chance to see that now, and it, yeah, it is crap. I'll, I'll tell you that yeah, it, it, was, it is crap. It was it was it was pretty bad. Like I remember watching that is uh, with my brother, and like like my like I, I've said many times before, my brother was big WCW guy, and he got me to WCW, and I remember watching that, and like I could tell something was up. Like you could you even watching it back then, you could tell like yeah, this it's, it's, this this doesn't look good, <laughs> you know. You had the uh, what is it? Uh, Kurt Henning was part of the Hillbillies, the, the Rednecks. Oh man! <laughs> oh yeah, that got our that got one of our videos taken down. <laughs> that oh song. shit! Yeah. <laughs> did we play it on on, yeah, on air? Yeah, we, yeah. Well, we did on the uh, on the Patreon show. Oh, okay. So they took it off on the Patreon show. Yeah, they they took that segment off. Which actually, no, they didn't take the segment off. They took the sound off. So it's just us. You can see us laughing. You don't know why we're okay. laughing, but we're laughing. <laughs> I thought I did it on YouTube, but yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Like, it, Bischoff has no credibility in my in my book. <laughs> this guy, I I just want it to be known. You don't want to talk about shitting the bed. The main event. The main event of Starcade '97. Why the Sorry. biggest, the biggest show ever? <laughs> like the, this was WCW's like X7. The main event was built up as the greatest moment in the history of WCW, and it was going to be. And Bischoff allowed Hogan to change it mid mid match. Of course. You want to talk about shitting the bed, brother? Brother, brother, brother. That's shitting the bed, brother. <laughs> uh, brother. Nice. Um, um, yeah. Uh, er, I, hey, dude. Hey, he's got a podcast. I don't blame Eric the Boomer Bischoff. I don't blame him. But still, it's just. Yeah. <laughs> Very mad. I mean, Controversy Creates Cash. Didn't he write? He wrote that book. He, that's literally the title of his book, Controversy Creates Cash. So. Yeah, yeah. We we understand your his motivations, which is fine. Yeah, it's cool. Anyway, Trevor, uh, let's go to the chat real quick before we uh, move on and talk about uh, talk about uh, more things that have to do with wrestling. Um, guys, if you haven't already, please hit that like button, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Actually, Trevor, why don't you take over the comments uh, for this round? Sure. Why the hell not? Uh, Ravens flock, great show. Thanks, Ravens flock. Thank you very much. Um, Ryan Woodridge says, "Hey, bro." Do you remember when Rick Steiner calls out his brother and Chucky, the Chucky doll shows up oh on the screen? I do remember that. Unfortunately, I, I do remember that, Ryan. It was upsetting. <laughs> it was upsetting. Ryan Woodbridge, again, Ray Mysterio is trying to get his daughter into wrestling. Wouldn't surprise me. 
I'm not, I haven't heard anything really about it. No, Aaliyah. So I, you know, well, I I think that that's remember like they did a thing like last year with with her and Murphy. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Okay. That was so Aaliyah Mysterio, like Rey Mysterio's daughter, was trying to like get an acting credit. Like, like it was more so about her. She wants to get an acting. Like that's what it was more about. So okay, nothing wrong with that. MK Osborne says finger poke of doom. I rest my case. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you absolutely do. Trevor. Yeah. Very nice. We synchronize. Very nice. Great. Um. Anyway, let's move on, Trevor, and talk about some non-WWE or AEW news. Let's talk about Impact Wrestling because... Bound for Glory was this weekend, and what a show it was. I, I, I don't know if you've had time to watch it yet. I've uh, watched a lot of the main parts of it, and honestly, pretty good show from what I can yeah, tell. I, I didn't get a chance to actually fully watch it. I've seen some uh, re- replays. Of, you know, it looked good. It looked very good. Yes, it did. Uh, let me run through the card real quick for Bound for Glory 2021. The inspiration who made their debut, that is Cassie Lee and Jessica McKay. For those who don't know, the Iconics. From WWE, made their debut to beat the Decay, that's Havoc and Rosemary, for the uh, Impact uh, Knockouts Tag Titles. So they get the titles in their big debut. Trey McGill defeated uh, or won the uh, Impact X Division title in a triple threat match. Heath and Rhino, the the good old Heath Slater and Rhino, defeated a violent by design in a tag team match. Moose won an intergender call your shot gauntlet match uh last eliminating matt cardona the winner of that match would get a contract to cash in any time for a world title match we'll get to that in just a second the good brothers uh, defended their impact world titles in a triple threat or sorry a three-way tag match against finn juice that's david finley and juice robinson and the bullet club who might be on their way to AEW? Who knows? <laughs> Mickey James defeated um, the defeated Diana Perazzo for the Impact Knockouts title um, in a in a very um, heartwarming moment. In a very uh, it was it was an awesome moment, honestly, to see her yeah, win really and, was, and yeah. win a belt again. Um, Josh Alexander became the Impact Wrestling World Champion by defeating. Christian Cage via submission uh, in 1852. That This was uh, Josh Alexander cashing in option C, which gave him a world title match at Bound for Glory. He could be seen celebrating with his child. He could be seen celebrating with uh, his partner. And then... Big Bully Moose came in, and he cast in his uh, Call Your Shot uh, title and defeated Josh Alexander for the title in seven seconds to become the Impact World title uh, holder. So, interesting night. A lot happened, and it was honestly a really good night of wrestling, I think. And uh, One of the biggest shows, definitely, that Impact's put on in a while, and one of the more talked-about shows they put on in a while. Um, But... What do you kind of make uh, of this? You know, the iconic showing up, you know, this huge match with Josh Alexander and Christian Cage, Moose becoming the Impact uh, champion. Like, what do you make of all this? Man, like like, I, like we've talked about before, and um, it's a lot of good stuff going on in pro wrestling. I mean, and uh, this is one of them. Honestly, I can't be more excited for Mickey James. Who, 
who deserves it more than her? You know what I mean? Like she, I love Mickey. Um, love love her husband as well. I, you know, great people. I'm I'm, pr- I'm happy for her. the iconics or the inspiration, as you call them. Iconics. I'm so happy that they're back in wrestling. I'm so happy they have the belts around them. Like they are amazing. I love them in WWE. Um, it's just great to see them back in wrestling. They deserve it. Uh, again, it's great right night of wrestling. Uh, kind of interesting for Big Bully Moose to pull a, a dick move and get the belt back. But um, yeah, awesome, awesome, awesome all the way around. I. You know what? I, I I like what Impact is doing right now. I do. I really like what Impact is doing, and like big on AEW for helping them. You're gonna keep moose out there. <laughs> moose. moose, are you ready to da, 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 Moose. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, yeah, I I thought it was great. Josh Alexander and Christian Cage was a great match. Uh, like Alexander proved that he is, he can stay there with the best of them. And we'll talk yeah. about Christian Cage and kind of the year he's had. But if you haven't seen the pay per view, it is worth checking out. It is definitely worth checking out. This is like the most fun I've had watching an entire Impact Wrestling card in a very long time because I loved, you know, you know, I loved the matches that Omega had, especially that match with Rich Swan where he, when he defended the title. The Sammy Callahan match was good, but. Man, this was like top to bottom one of the best cards I've seen from Impact in a very, very long time. It's possibly, quite possibly, the best since like uh, that Samoa since Joe Angle won. Like, like, okay. th- like, like yeah. that's how, the level of of how good from top to bottom this card was. Like I said, I didn't watch the full matches. I didn't watch the full show. I watched the uh, replays. And um, my question to you is, how? Did, what did you think about the um, commentary? It was it was fine. It was yeah, it was it was, it, was, it, was it, it did it's, it they did their all. job, all right? They did their job. Uh it look, they they had it was Matt Stryker and D'Lo Brown. They I they didn't annoy me like they usually do. I'll say that. D'Lo was doing his D'Lo thing, which is fine. Matt Stryker was actually like fairly like bearable on commentary actually. Yeah, he actually um, was. But you know who the real MVP was uh, as far as the announcing goes? Good old Dave Penzer. We love you, David Penzer. <laughs> oh my god. It's like uh Josh Alexander yes. Christian Cage It's move <laughs> We love you. I swear I love Dave Penzer. I swear I love Dave Penzer. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Oh, he's just so great. Like, how can you not like who who out there doesn't like Dave Penzer? That's what I want to know. Communist. And if you don't, let me know why. Who? <laughs> hey now, hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on. Hey. Uh, anyway, um, Christian. Uh, I mean, Trevor. Hi. Religion. <laughs> Islam. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Trevor. <laughs> um, let's uh, let's move on to, and talk about Christian Cage because Christian Cage defended his Impact World Title at Bound for Glory, and in doing so, he actually made some history. In the year 2021, Trevor Christian Cage 
entered the Royal Rumble, which was the main event of that pay-per-view in January, main evented All Out for AEW, and main evented Bound for Glory. Oh, wow. That <laughs> is a massive accomplishment. He So the Christian Cage, in one year, at the age of 47, main evented, like was in the main event at the Royal Rumble, Main evented an AEW pay per view and main evented the sorry main evented the biggest AEW pay per view and main evented the biggest Impact pay per view in the same uh, year at at his age and you know it it, it just it's a testament to him as as a as a you know a wrestler um, how cool is it to see this especially for Christian Cage that's awesome man I, I wasn't aware of that that's that's pretty cool it's pretty fucking cool. Let's see, especially Christian. I mean, how can you not like Christian? Like, I know there are people that don't like Christian, but I've always been a fan of I, I do like Christian. And it's, it's good to see him actually coming back to wrestling and able to do something, you know? It, and it's good to see him have some some big-time accomplishments like this. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, so uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you was, like, what does this do, you think, for his legacy? Like, like, doesn't it, I feel like it does make him bigger, you know, it might not make him bigger in, like, you know, specific WWE circles, but, right. like, but, like, as far as, like, the wrestling community, it, it's, like, he's, a, he's, a, like, Christian Cage might have one of the most unappreciated wrestling careers of a lot of people because you know like you, you there's a lot of people he he they want to say like you know oh well he was always second fiddle to edge i'm like christian cage if you isolate him away from uh edge and christian like you if you start his career from when he had a singles run and up until now that is a hall of fame level career he's had Absolutely. in wrestling like out like outside of all the tag team stuff he did early on and i and it's weird because i think his like his legacy's always going to be tied to Edge and Edge's success and all that kind of stuff, which you know, it, it, which it shouldn't hurt him, but for some weird reason, it does. And, and it always made no sense to me why it did hurt him. Like, I mean, he he was a main event guy a couple times. I mean, a lot of people think he was uh, mid Carter, and and for a lot of his career, I, I will say he probably was, which is why I love the saying his his moniker outwork everyone because i honestly believe he's one of the hardest workers in wrestling he, he he's been one of the hardest workers in wrestling for a very long time and i honestly believe that he gets no credit he has one of the most unappreciated legacies and he is one of the most unappreciated wrestlers i i think like he if you look at his his resume the man has He's won tag team champions with multiple partners. He's won intercontinental championship. He's won multiple heavyweight championships. He's won he's won gold in different companies. Like it, he he he's he's a Hall of Famer for sure, definitely. And it, and if you, like you want to know like you know what Christian really means, like go go ask anyone who watched like TNA, anyone who yeah. watched TNA like in the mid two thousands. If you ask most people who watched it or at least kept up with it or were aware of it, most people found out that TNA was a thing or, or really started watching it when Christian Cage arrived in TNA. Like, you want to talk about a needle mover in pro wrestling? He did that at a time where there was, like, the internet was just up and coming. He did that at a time where people it was still uh, on channels. And, like, TNA got to, like, a million people watching per um, episode, which is, like, insane to think about now. But, um... Hey, but 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 that's but what Christian Cage provided, and and that's what he did at that time, and it just seems like his run in 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 
AEW is just also amazing. Like he beat Kenny Omega. He beat the 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 belt collector. He's like the only person over the, since December. Since December, he's the only person to beat Kenny Omega in, in a one-on-one match, singles, fair and square. And that's a huge accomplishment. And he held his own and had a great main event that didn't underwhelm it all out, considering everything it was up against. CM Punk's debut, um, and and you know, all the and how big of a card and massive deal that was. He didn't disappoint. So I Christian Cage is a Hall of Famer in my book. He again is the reason that I watch TNA. He's the reason a lot of people got into TNA. And honestly, TNA, like, they need to like induct him into I don't know if he is in their Hall of Fame yet, but you, I had to imagine, you know, Awesome Kong went in this year, but next year, you, I would have to imagine he's going to be in their Hall of Fame. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He needs to be. Put the damn company on the map, and they never they never got off it. They're yeah. still... I mean, look, look, their landmass has diminished significantly, but they're still there. Yeah, TNA, the company that won't die, like Luxembourg. What? <laughs> the country that won't die. They're, just, they're, they're there. They're going to be the Portugal. They're the Portugal. <laughs> yeah, once they had a massive empire, and now very small, teeny tiny, little, 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 like Donald Trump hands. Um, <laughs> let's move on uh, to the chat where Ryan has some questions. Hi, bro. What is your thoughts on Brock Lesnar getting suspended storyline? Do you think... Do you see, rather, Brock Lesnar showing up on SmackDown and will fight Adam Pearce and give him a fine won't see back to Royal Rumble? I think you just answered your own question there, Ryan. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's exactly what I see happening. I see – actually, I, even, I don't even think he's – he's not scheduled to be on TV anymore. So Lesnar's whole thing is he's not coming back now until the Rumble. So don't expect to see him until then. Then they're going to push to that main event, I think, with him and Roman. You could see the double turn, meaning – Oops. I don't know. What that <laughs> so that means you could see the double turn at the rumble. So be prepared for that. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably what's what going to happen. What is uh, Brock's contract right now? A lot what of money. A lot of money. A lot of like, look, you look, it would be, I, I can Google it to see what the exact numbers are. Cause he just signed a, a new contract, but here's what I can tell you. And like, and this is not including the Saudi money. So here we go. According to Fightful Select, an 18-month contract uh, just before SummerSlam. So he's going to be there until WrestleMania 39, which is okay. going to be the one in LA. Uh, let's see if they have money here. I don't know, because like his first, his his other contract was like insane. It was like 150 thousand per appearance, and then 500 thousand per match. Yeah, I remember right, which, that. That was like, and that was like, um, and that was like his his other that contract that ran out at Mania thirty six. So I don't even know. Combine it with the Saudi blood money, it's like a lot of money. It's a yeah. lot of money. And I thought it, I didn't think it was for a, a astronomical amount of time. I figured it was kind of a little bit of time. <sighs> Like the Saudi Arabia is like twelve million dollars upfront cash, <laughs> just gold bars. They just gave him gold bars to take home, and he bury. He's gonna go in his backyard in Saskatchewan and just bury him. He's like, <laughs> he's like Brock, Brock Lesnar's just gold <laughs> hidden in his backyard. If you can take it, don't don't try to take it. Do not try no. to take it. Brock will, he will maul you. <laughs> there is a bear in the woods of Saskatchewan at the Lesnar family compound. And his name is Barack Lesnar. Um, <laughs> uh, but, anyway, uh, Trevor, 
Uh, you ready to move on to our final uh, top official topic for today? Oh, absolutely. Halloween. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> bro, bro, bro. <laughs> you want to talk about scary? I'll show you scary. I'll show you scary. We know scary. You know scary. I, I, de- I dealt with scary for a long time, buddy. Uh, <laughs> for a long time. Roll Tide. Oh, wait. Hold up. Speaking of Roll Tide. Hold up. Let's, uh, hold up. Oh, dear. Roll Tide. This is a LaCroix, by the way. Sparkling water. So is mine, actually. <laughs> it's sparkling something. Anyway, let's ha! move on. <laughs> bro, bro, bro. I mean, Halloween Havoc, you, bro. Anyway, <laughs> Halloween Havoc, the big pumpkin. Um, Trevor, let's talk about this. Halloween Havoc. It is Halloween. Yes, it's Halloween. And with that comes, uh, you know, the reminder that WCW used to have this awesome pay-per-view called Halloween Havoc that had, I think, one of, if not the best set designs of any pay-per-view ever. Look at that. That is amazing. It is cool. Like, and and the, the NXT one just doesn't live up to it. But Trevor, it's a lot of great moments happened on Halloween Havoc. I'm going to go through mine in just a second. But what is your top moment in the history of Halloween Havoc or just some memories you have of the event? One of my – it was – Halloween Havoc had one of my favorite matches. Uh, one of my favorite matches of all time. And I will mention this match in any top 10 or top 15, whatever. Um one of the first times uh, Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio fought. Great match. Great match. Oh, absolutely amazing match. It was it was one of those that had everything. It had it literally had everything. It had storyline. It had up and down. It back and forth. It was you 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 hated Eddie Guerrero. You liked Eddie Guerrero. You didn't want Rey Mysterio to win. You wanted him to win. It was it was amazing. It was an absolutely amazing match. Yeah, I mean, I just remember. I, I so I had that Eddie Guerrero DVD right, or I borrowed the right. Eddie Guerrero DVD when I was like a little. Is yeah, I was like when it came out, I think in like two thousand four, two thousand five, or something. And I remember watching like that match, and I like hadn't seen any of WCW at that point. Like I was young, I was like a, I was a kid, but I was watching this match, and I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like the ring looks different, you know, the, right. the ropes look different. Like I was a kid, I was all I knew was WWF, WWE at that point. So I'm like seeing this, and then I'm seeing like a young Rey Mysterio not wearing baggy trousers, <laughs> like you know, like he used to, those baggy shorts that he wore, like you know, wearing like you know the tights and the Eddie Guerrero with the long hair, and them doing like one of the one of the just um, just amazing matches I've ever seen. Like um, not even for a cruiserweight, you, you saw Rey Mysterio at his full potential, just going out there having a great match with Eddie Guerrero, him playing the heel, ripping at the mask of Rey Mysterio Jr. Like like and 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 they just played off each other so well. The chemistry was obvious. Like the big spot where Rey did the top rope Hurricane Rana on the outside onto Eddie, just amazing. Um, Oh, that that was such a great match. Halloween Havoc 97. If you guys have not seen Halloween Havoc 97, please check that out. Yeah, that was the one with the um when Ray was wearing the um the purple the, skeleton. Oh, yeah, the old to the uh, old Phantom. It was a uh, a comic book. And uh, his name was the Phantom. 
and he wore purple just like that. So yeah, it was it was an old old to, to him. It was it was awesome. It was amazing. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, that was honestly. If I had to say like what moment that that would be my number two moment of all time. Yeah, but my but my number one moment is just it is just too good to be to be. <laughs> It is just such a great. It takes a special taste to enjoy my greatest moment in Halloween Havoc history. <laughs> this week in wrestling history, oh, cast your minds back oh, 26 God. years ago today to the pinnacle. <sighs> The greatest moment in the history of professional wrestling, the greatest pay-per-view in the history of professional wrestling, Halloween Havoc, Year of Our Lord, 1995. It had everything. It had monster trucks. It had the big show. It had Andre the Giant's shirt. <laughs> it's a mummy. This was an, yes, this this is was WCW's best. Let me, let me set the scene. So... <laughs> Kevin Sullivan and the and the and the Dungeon of Doom are at the pinnacle, their zenith of their feud with Hulk Hulk Hogan, and and like they are just and Hulk Hogan is just running a rough route through all these jobbers, and then Trevor, Kevin Sullivan unveils his biggest test for Hulk Hogan. He debuts the Giant, the son of Andre. And yep. how do we know he's the son of Andre? Because he threw a shirt, a frilly <laughs> white shirt at Hulk Hogan and said, yep. you remember this, Hogan? And Hogan's like, I do, brother. I do. It was, <laughs> it was so great. It was so great. And, and, then, he, and he wore the, uh, the invitation of uh, Andre's singlet and everything. Yes, yes. And, and then, and then, and then. They challenge him to a match for Hogan's world title. It was going to be the Giant versus Hulk Hogan at the main event of Halloween Havoc 95. The, the Giant, who had never wrestled a match before. And on top of that, Trevor, the genius of WCW decides, let's not just have a match. We're also going to have a monster truck street fight at the top of the arena, which is the greatest idea in the history of wrestling. Fight me. So, Hulk Hogan and the Giant are pitted to, next to each other on these monster trucks, fighting against each other on these monster trucks, which are tied together. And I'm pretty sure that's not how monster truck rallies work. That's not how no, demolition derbies work. It was a monster truck tug of war. It was a. It was not a tug of war. They're just. It was like bad lucha. They're just leading each other <laughs> like back and forth. Anyway, so big big show loses. Hogan wins the monster truck rally. And then Big Show tries to attack Hogan. But then Hogan inadvertently throws him off the roof. Yes. To the sea below to his death. And then Hogan, clad in black, on his way to the ring for the main event that nobody wow. really believed was going to happen. Because there's no way the, the, the giant would survive a jump, a leap off of the top of Kobo Hall. There's no way any man... Any human could survive a leap that high into water. Surely he would have to be dead. Surely he would have to be done. <laughs> but no, Trevor, this is WCW 95. As Hogan makes his way to the ring, Tony Schiavone, Eric Bischoff, Bobby Heenan on commentary, they don't know what's happening. They don't even think there's going to be a match. But then, 
we have the greatest moment, one of the greatest moments of the night, in a night full of great moments. The Big Show, who, again, fell to his death <laughs> at the top of Cobo Hall, <laughs> to the ground below, to the water, sorry, the water below, shows up, coming down the ramp after Hulk Hogan. <laughs> not a drop on him, not a scratch on him. <laughs> And wrestles a match with Hogan. And at the end of the match, we get one of the most confusing moments ever. In order to make sure Hogan loses, oh, <laughs> Kevin God. Sullivan gets the Yeti. Yeti. Yes. Who was frozen yes. for a thousand years in a block of ice. And the Yeti. Looks like a mummy. The Yeti <laughs> makes his way to the ring as Big Show, uh, sorry, uh, as the Giant has Hogan in a bear hug and proceeds to do what I can only say in this moment as a sex of time with Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and, it, and it culminated in one of the most expensive, useless, and overall, terrible viewing experiences for the people at home and for WCW themselves. But for me, watching it some 20-plus years later, it is the greatest moment in Halloween Havoc history. It is the worst moment. It was No, you, you obviously was... just don't have good taste, sir. This is Eric Bischoff and, and, <laughs> and Kevin Sullivan are geniuses. What do you mean? Look at this. Look, this was. I remember watching this. I remember watching this crap. Wait for this next watch- one. Wait for this next one. This is what I was talking about when I said, "Look at that." Sex the town. Yes, sex the town. Yes. It. Oh God. It was. So I remember watching this. We got the pay per view, right? My brother's like, "Yeah, oh my God, you actually ordered this crap." Yeah, I believe we did. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, "Yeah, hey, we'll watch this." Blah blah blah. We're watching this crap. And dude, I'm sitting there watching this, and I'm still I'm young, so cars are, are and monster trucks are like cool. And I actually had the Hulk Hogan monster, monster truck toy, unfortunately. Um, it's I'm sitting there, I'm like, I remember just my, well, looking at my grandfather. He's like, "What am I watching?" <laughs> oh God, family! <laughs> like, what am I watching? Like. It was, it was bad. I mean, it was it was one of those things that was looked at as good back then, of course. But it was bad, and hey, we were not going to ignore was, the fact the... that Hulk Hogan had a pasta shop. <laughs> we're not going to ignore that. <laughs> we're not. You're right. He did in the property. He had a pasta shop <laughs> in, in the Hulkamania. You know what it was called? Pasta Mania. That's what it was called. <laughs> Oh, yes. I'm crying. I'm crying. For all the viewers out there, this is not a lie. This is true. Back then, I think it was Mall of America, actually. Back then, Hulk Hogan had a, sh- a, a restaurant that it was called Pasta Media. I kid you not. It sold pasta, and it was absolutely horrible. I mean, the, not the fact that it tasted bad or anything, but it was just the, the media grab, the money grab. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> I want you to un- understand, guys. Think about this: they had to hire a crane operator and a- and rent a crane yeah. to get two m- life-size monster trucks 
onto the what top of an this? arena in, in like Michigan. It was it somewhere was in Michigan. Right yeah, onto awesome. the top of an arena. Not only that, but they had to get all of the pyrotechnics. One, yeah. clear, pay for the permits, pay for the... They had pyrotechnics during this shit. It was... I Eric Bischoff has the audacity to call out AEW for anything. <laughs> like, come on, dude. <laughs> you have the audacity. Right. You, yeah. uh... Dude, and, and, and God bless him, because I, I love Steve Michael and, Mike, and Michael, but... You have oh, your commentating team is Mongol McMichaels. You and Bobby Brahan, who rest in peace, is was amazing, and Pepe the Chihuahua. Pepe, don't you dare! No, we disagree with it. We disagree here. Look, Mongo the commentator was not great, but him holding Pepe every the time they it was thing. the it made it made his <laughs> shitty commentary worth it by the way Mongo McMichael he was I, I I stand by this a lot of people disagree with me I think he was a very underrated performer in the ring I think when it came yeah he messed up some spots but when he it came down to wrestling he had I some will, really good matches like he could work he could work he works a lot better than some of the people in the ring these days I mean that doesn't take much, um, but he he was he was not the best. Von Wagner, <laughs> my name is Von Wagner. Was, I will, I will he was you. not the best wrestler possible, and I wouldn't even put him and I wouldn't even put him in my top fifteen. But he was he was a good worker. He was. I will give him that. No, I just need to see this one more. I need to just see this one more time. Just revel through the slideshow. Look at these monster trucks. Like I said, it's like these monster trucks are tied together, and then the big show falls off. There's water below. You would think right. at least, and and this is like not even that much longer. Okay, one, there's no scratch on him, right? Okay, so, all right, magic, cool, magic. But you're telling me there's not a drop on this dude when he comes out? Like, not a singy, single solitary drop of water on this he's dude? Not wet. He's wet. He doesn't have any bruises. There's nothing wrong with this man. And then this this clown, like, you know what the original plan for this was, right? What? It, so they were, so he wasn't in the country yet, but this was supposed to be Giant Gonzalez. Like, that's what I thought. Okay. That, that's what I thought. So the plan was when his visa got cleared and all those issues got cleared. They were going to unwrap him on Nitro and have it be Giant Gonzalez and have him be like, you know, a, a face of fear in the Dungeon of right. Doom, brother. Look, look at this. This is the pasta shop you were talking about. Look at this. Who who menacingly drives a monster truck? This guy menacingly drive, did a drive-by with a monster truck. Yeah, and he rode over his motorcycle. And he left his shirt. It's just like, yep. You remember this shirt, Hogan? It was just a dirty shirt. <laughs> it was like the fucking shit he had. It was the one no, that Andre wore on, like, the Princess Bride. <laughs> oh, shit. And this was oh. during Dark Hulkamania, brother. This is when Hogan put an all black. Hulkamania black. Hulk oh, I can't. Hulkamania black. Hulkamania black. Could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, NWO, black and white. You know who I was watching at OSW, which is kind of related to this because they did a video on this. Um, but they were they came out with a video recently about um, uh, WCW. I think it was uh, Fall Brawl '98, and 
they were they want they, they asked this question and i also am asking myself this i'm like you know they had like nwo black and white nwo red and black they had the lwo and and all that crap where was the nwo pink and black with <laughs> with bret hart you that would like think about that you could have had you know you could have had like you know they, they had bulldog black they had nightheart you could have you could have had the you could have had that man and instead you had him then you have a uh, what does the Latino American Word Order or something like that? Yeah, Latino uh, World LWO with Eddie Guerrero. Oh yeah. my God, Eddie Guerrero was who's a mu- he, he, thank God he got to be a better promo. Thank God he got to be a better promo. It was so bad. The LWO <laughs> is here, and we are. T- it was like a oh, you reminded me. It reminded me of Owen's heart. Enough is enough, and it's enough time for a change. I am not a nugget. <laughs> I am not a nugget. Yeah, I'm yeah, the yeah. black heart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, Jesus Christ. I still cannot believe. Up. I still can't believe Owen Hart was in uh in um the uh the nation. He was. He was. Very inclusive of them. I love inclusivity. Very inclusive of them. Ryan in the chat says Rick Steiner versus Vader at Halloween Havoc was a good match. Yes, it was. Rick Steiner, Whoa. very underrated. Too bad WWE never talk about the Steiners, honestly. MK says MK says, I bet Eric had to burn <laughs> the bed on that one. Yes. That's good funny. job. MK. MK, a winner is you. Clap, clap, clap. Ryan says, hashtag pasta mania. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ryan also says, have a great night, brother. You too, brother. Bruh, brother. You too, brother. You too, brother. You have a good night. Ah, oh, this was a fun episode. This was a genuinely it was. fun episode. It was. Yeah. Luigi, give us a little uh give us a little Luigi. Come on, Trevor. Luigi doesn't do anything, really. Come on, no, 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 you did a thing with Luigi earlier. Oh, I, I did earlier. Say yeah, yeah. it, do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, go. Yes, go. And on that note, I think we're done, guys. <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, everyone, thank you for joining us here on this uh, Halloween Havoc edition of Real Take Wrestle Talk. Keep the conversation going by following us on at Twitter. You can follow Trevor at Trevertainment. That is T R E V R Tainment. You can follow me on Twitter at Omer Q Show. You can also follow us. Keep the conversation going on Twitter with Real Take Sports at Real Take Sports. Be sure to check out Real Take Sports Talk on Wednesdays. Real Take Sports uh, or Real Take Wrestle Talk on Tuesdays. Everything in between. We got streams. We got clips. We got videos on the daily. So subscribe if you haven't already and hit that notification bell on YouTube.com forward slash Real Take Sports. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you would. And give us a big follow on Spotify. Until then, Trevor, parting words. Have a great Halloween, people. And uh, watch wrestling. Enjoy this week. Have a great Halloween. Be responsible. uh, Party responsibly. All that jazz. uh, And do enjoy wrestling. Great note, Trevor. We will see you next time.